Hello, everybody. It is Michael here, back with another episode of the Under Pressure Podcast. I appreciate everyone who's new watching the show. It really does mean a lot. We're going up like crazy recently, and that's just been super dope to see. As always, click the links down in the description. Download it on audio platforms. Uh, make sure to check out the merch, the Patreon. Uh, it's fine if you don't buy it, obviously, but it would just be cool if you could check it out. And we got a lot to talk about in this episode. I want to talk about the Spurs' recent struggles, the Magic's rebuild, the Pistons' rebuild, players you should buy stock in, and a post-March Madness 2021 NBA mock draft. So yeah, let's just get right into the episode. First team I want to talk about is the Orlando Magic, who I've definitely been just wanting to monitor after the Nikola Vucevic trade, as they finally have a clear direction, and while that direction is them kind of going downhill and probably losing games for a good bit now, I do really enjoy that they are just not in this constant purgatory that they were in before, where they were solid but not good enough to really do anything of significance. Now they do have a clear direction, which is going in this youth movement, and I actually do think they have a lot of really nice young pieces on this roster that have been performing really well ever since they've gotten them more opportunity, and some of them have changed scenery as well. Uh, Chumo Kiki is a guy who I think is definitely going to be a big part of this rebuild and he's been playing some really good basketball uh, as of late and is definitely taking advantage of his opportunities like he's had multiple games recently putting up 14 18 16 19 I don't ever think he's going to be some superstar player or anything like that but I think he can be a very high quality role player on a good team uh, only 22 years old he was their 16th overall pick in 2019 but he missed the entire year last year uh, due to him coming into the draft with an ACL injury uh, but he's proven already that he can be a very solid scorer as someone who shoots the ball very well has got a nice uh, stroke and he also is just a guy who can create his own shot a bit as well and he's just overall a talented scorer so I'm excited to to continue to see how he just emerges and takes advantage of his opportunity and he's definitely done a great job of that he was getting some minutes earlier on in the season obviously but now that they are going in this losing direction I think this is his uh, time to just take full advantage of all the more minutes he's going to get and I think he's done that very uh, well so far I've been impressed by him RJ Hampton's another guy who's had some moments here or there uh, versus Denver against his old team he put up 16 points on pretty good efficiency and I do expect him to have some rough games here and there where the shots just aren't falling too well and he may put up some nights where he doesn't shoot the ball uh, too great that's just going to come with time because he was in a super limited role uh, in Denver but now he's definitely just going to get a lot more opportunity over here in Orlando like he's averaging basically eight more points per game ever since he's uh, joined Orlando in the five games he's played he's got some things he obviously needs to develop the three-point shot is by far the biggest thing that he does need to develop as a player and I'm really excited to see if he can do that because uh, I think if he can at least become some of somewhat of an average three-point shooter he could be a very good player as someone who is extremely athletic and is just extremely naturally talented uh, as a whole he was a guy coming into the draft who I had very mixed feelings on just because he was such a hyped prospect coming out of high school and I saw the flashes but I also saw some flashes where I'm like this guy is like the next Dante Exum type of player uh, but I do think he has done a pretty good job of just taking advantage of him getting much more minutes 13 
15 more minutes a game. And he's just doing a good job of handling the ball, creating his own shot, and also creating opportunities for other. I think he could be a really nice combo guard in the future as a guy who is 6'4", can play both of those guard positions, could play alongside uh, Markel Fultz, but could also be uh, a point guard alongside a more natural shooting guard as well, uh, which just definitely gives them a ton of flexibility. And this is what I do like about them in the draft as well, is that they can basically go whatever direction they want depending on what pick they have. Like, if they do get the number one overall pick, then you have the opportunity to take Cade Cunningham. And as much as I like Markel Fultz, you have to take Cade Cunningham in that situation. But if they do slide a little bit, maybe they could get a Jalen Green. They could get a Jalen Suggs, Jonathan Kaminga. There's so many talented guys in this draft class that basically wherever they end up landing, they're going to be in a good position to draft a very, very talented player no matter what. And that's just exactly where you want to be as an NBA team, having flexibility, young talent, uh, and the ability to just kind of go in whatever direction you want, depending on what's going to be available. And you also have the Chicago Bulls pick. And I do think the Bulls are going to start winning more games. They've won their past two games, I think. And I think uh, when Zach Levine gets fully healthy and when they really click with Nikola Vucevic, it'll look uh, pretty good for them. Uh, but I still think that pick could be a pretty solid pick, even if it's a late lottery pick, maybe 12th or 13th. In such a deep and talented class, that is still going to be a very good player. And again, they can just go in whatever direction they want. Like if they draft a guard, they could go wing or they could go big. It's just dependent on who's on the board. And I think that's the perfect position to be in where you're not drafting for fit. You're just getting whoever is the most talented player in your opinion. And then you just have the ability to develop them. I do think Steed uh, Steve Clifford isn't the greatest coach for this. I think he's a really smart basketball mind. I think he's a, uh, very good at just maximizing the talent on a roster. But I do think he's not the greatest coach for uh, rebuilding. So I would kind of like to see them move on from Steve Clifford again. I think he's a very good coach, very good basketball mind. But he is one of those guys who's always had the win now mindset. And that's completely fair. That's just his style of coaching. But I do want to see them get a guy who is maybe a younger coach and could grow with the team. Maybe someone who hasn't gotten much opportunity in the league and has been kind of sitting on the bench as an assistant. I think that would be really cool for them. So they could just all grow together and uh, really find an identity for this team. Because I do think that is a big part of this rebuild is just figuring out who is going to play what role uh, on this roster. Like, what is the starting backcourt going to be in the future? Are they going to keep Markel Fultz long term? How good is Cole Anthony going to be? These are all just questions that are going to be answered at some point. But the perfect thing is, is that they're in no rush to answer them. So they can just take time and be patient with all these guys and just see how they perform. And then it's all up to these guys to just perform as best as I can as they can, which I think adds a nice bit of competitiveness uh, within this team. And obviously, you don't want your team like beefing or anything. But I do think for a young team, especially having a bit of competitiveness and having everyone needing to fight for minutes can be a really good thing and could just get the best out of everyone because it's not necessarily you don't like the guy, but you want to prove you're just as good as if not better than him. And you want to prove that you deserve that spot 
in the rotation. So it's going to make Cole Anthony be the best player he can be if he's seeing Markel Fultz getting significantly more minutes than him. Or it's going to make uh, Chumo Kiki get better. If maybe they draft Jonathan Kaminga and then they have Jonathan Isaac and Kaminga there, it would make him be like, I got to be as good as I can or I might get kind of lost in the shuffle. It just motivates these guys all to work as hard as they can and be the best player they can. Uh, I think Wendell Carter Jr. has been incredibly impressive ever since he's joined the Orlando Magic as he really just lost a lot of his confidence in Chicago it was a weird situation over there all the time where I just felt like he never was put in the best position to succeed, but he also needed to perform better. Uh, and then they were starting to go in a direction where they looked pretty decent because Zach Levine was performing so well. So they just really didn't have the patience for Wendell. He dealt with a ton of injuries as well. Like he only played 44 and 43 games in his first two years. So he really didn't get to emerge to the player he potentially could have been. And then this year he was getting benched. He was playing less minutes. It just wasn't looking too good. But now that he's in Orlando, he really just gets to kind of do whatever he wants in a certain way. And that's that's a good thing because it just allows him to be the player that he is going to be. And it allows him to really just figure out who he's going to be. Is he going to be a three-point shooter? He's shooting 1.63s a game. He's only shooting 12.5% ever since he's uh, joined Orlando. But I do like him just taking more threes because it's something that I do think he can incorporate into his game and could make him a better player. I want to see him try and play and make more. He's only averaging two assists per game ever since uh, he went to the Magic. But I think that's something that could be a big part of his game as well. So I really hope they just allow him to spread his wings and kind of do whatever for now and just, again, find his identity. That's what everyone needs to do on this roster, and I think it's the perfect situation for everybody to do that. I just really like the spot they're in, and that's not something that I've said for a long, long while. I've always said, yeah, they're decent, but they were in such a just weird position where they were always not bad enough to get a great pick or they were uh, just decent, but nothing that is going to win more than one game in the first round, which doesn't mean anything in the long run. It was just this really weird purgatory that they were in. But now they've actually found a solidified direction and found guys that I think can be on this roster long term and got rid of some of the internal issues. Like I think Aaron Gordon was always such an awkward fit because him and Jonathan Isaac kind of played a similar similar role. Obviously they're very different players, but they're both are defensive fours who, even though they can play the three, their best position is playing that power forward spot and just being more of a defensive guy, occasionally creating their own shot, getting catch-and-shoe opportunities, and easy dump-offs at the basket. So now Aaron Gordon's been able to thrive doing that in Denver, and I think Jonathan Isaac, when he hopefully comes back and is healthy, I think he should be able to thrive uh, doing that as well. He is a thing that I'm just really worried about considering that he has dealt with some pretty serious injuries and obviously an ACL injury is nothing to play with. Uh, but I do think as long as he comes back to even 90% of himself, he's still going to be one of the best defenders in the NBA due to his incredible length, versatility, and just effort on that side of the ball. 
and I do think he'll continue to just grow as an offensive player. I never expect him to be a great offensive player. My thing is I just want him to become like in a, a slightly above average one, and then I think his defense being so good will more than compensate for him not being the uh, best offensive player. If he can just hone in on his shooting ability, uh, I think that would make him just a million times better of a player. He's not a terrible shooter, but he's definitely not where he could be. Uh, so, yeah, I just really like the direction this is, uh, team is going in. They're just giving all these young guys opportunity. Like, Mo Bamba's even seen the floor more. I mean, he's still not seeing the floor a ton. And I just never think he's going to be a super great player or anything. But I do think he has some potential to at least be something. It's just so hard for me to give up on a player who can shoot off the dribble occasionally. He had, like, a pull-up mid-range in, I think it might have been the jazz game I think I might have been like the only shot he hit but it was just it was just a really nice shot I don't remember exactly what game that was in and then he has the ability to hit the three ball which is something that is so valuable at that center position he's a guy who can block shots like crazy due to his length I just do think he has a lot of room to grow and this is going to be the best opportunity he's had throughout his entire career so far to just spread his wings and show what he could potentially be it's just a really good place for any young player to go to and I think it's the perfect place for them now to take on bad contracts and get future picks as well and then potentially build a really nice team because I never think they're going to be a free agent destination now it's just all about them continuing to make smart moves and it's all about development which is something they've struggled with a ton in the past is developing talent they've always had a good amount of talent but it's all about developing them now and then just putting these guys in the best position they can be to succeed and allowing them to spread their wings and I think they've done that so far I've enjoyed watching the magic ever since they've traded Vucevic they found a direction and I think they've found a lot of people in this core that can be there for a long long time Next team I want to talk about is the Detroit Pistons and their continual progress they've made throughout the year. They're a team that kind of gets clowned on a lot, uh, especially I feel like ever since Blake Griffin uh, left them. And a lot of people just don't watch them. They are a smaller market team, which always hurts. Uh, it's always going to be something that just limits the amount of eyes that are going to be on you. And they're a team that's uh, struggled this year. They're the worst team in the Eastern Conference, and they have one of the worst records in the NBA as a whole, third worst to be exact. But I do just really enjoy watching this roster and just seeing how much progress they've uh, made throughout the year as a whole because they are a team that even though they've struggled they're a team that constantly stays in games they just don't know how to close it out yet and I think that's just a big part of them being such a young roster this is one of the more young teams in the NBA they have some vets here and there on the team but it's mostly compiled of guys who are in uh, anywhere from their first to fourth year in the league so of course you can't really expect those guys to close out games but I do just enjoy watching this team who is much less talented than a lot of the, the rosters in the NBA continue to just compete and at least put up an, a fight and an effort in uh, those games and it's definitely something that's admirable out of these guys that they've been able to do that uh, I think they have a lot of really just nice pieces in their core I think they did a fantastic job in the draft Sadiq Bey is someone who's had a really good rookie season one of the best shooters out of the draft class can't believe he slipped to 19 I mean 
mean, obviously 19 isn't some crazy low pick or anything, but I've just always been high on Sadiq Bey, and I think it's translated to the NBA. It's just the fact that he doesn't really have that many significant weaknesses in his game. He's not like a crazy playmaker or anything, but he makes the right pass. He's not going to ever kill you with his lack of playmaking. I just think it's him being a 21-year-old. That doesn't help, uh, obviously, but... I think a lot of people just underrated him coming into the draft. He was a guy who had such an NBA-ready skill set, and that's why he's been able to be an impact scorer day one is because he's a fantastic three-point shooter, shooting 38% from three on near six attempts per game. And these aren't all just catch-and-shoot threes. I mean, a majority of them are, but he's taking some off the dribble as well. And when he gets hot, he could be a guy who really puts up points in bunches. Uh, earlier in the season, one of his uh, big bright moments was against the Celtics he absolutely killed them and he was in deep off the dribble threes like most of the rookies efficiency you just expect to naturally not be too good because they are transitioning to the league but since he had such an NBA ready skill set and such an NBA ready body as well being 6'7 215 and pretty built he's already having a 57% true shooting which is pretty decent for a rookie and it's because he's such a fantastic three-point shooter he's got really good touch at the free throw line as well which is a good sign that that three-point shooting should continue to hold up shooting near 88% from the line. Obviously, he isn't some perfect player or anything. There's things he could work on. I would love to see him get to the line more uh, since he's such a fantastic shooter at the line. And I would just like to see him continue to improve his ability to create his own shot. But I think he's already a very impactful uh, player as a rookie. And I think he's just going to continue uh, to grow as a player and continue to get better. Uh, someone who I've criticized a bit in the past is Isaiah Stewart. And Pistons fans have gotten very mad at me for that. Understandably, it was just a pick I didn't love because I didn't love Isaiah Stewart coming into the draft class. And I do feel like I was a bit... Uh, misinformed about him and I do feel like I said some things that were wrong which I'll apologize about but I did just make sure to pay more attention to Isaiah Stewart and try and just look at the little details that made Pistons fans love him so much like obviously I knew about some of the things that made him a good prospect coming out of the draft and that is things I've always spoken highly of him about he seems like a very good locker room presence just super mature for someone who's 19 from all the interviews and just Anything that's been said from his teammates, he just seems like a guy who is grown a lot for being a 19-year-old. He's always just had a super strong frame, 6'8", 250, and that's mostly muscle, which just allows him to do a lot of things that are very important at the center position. He's a very smart player as well. You'll never really see him make a just... A mistake that you're like cringing at or anything he just is going to make the right play most of the time really solid defender due to that high basketball IQ but the thing that I've been impressed by is just his offensive growth as a player I feel like we really didn't see much of his uh, shooting skill set at Washington it was something that was shown off occasionally and I like the potential of it uh, but it's definitely something that he's used more in Detroit uh, because it was a long time uh, from college to the draft so he just probably improved that skill a lot he's shooting almost 42 percent from three it's on super limited amount of attempts but I do like to see his confidence from out there and just how smooth of a jump shot he does have 
Uh, and the thing that gives me confidence that he can really become a pretty decent three-point shooter on a pretty decent amount of volume is his ability from the mid-range area as well. And I do like they ha they have so many guards on this team, and he can run uh, pick and pop with them. He is a very solid screener, which is always something you love to see out of the big man position. And he does a good job of running both the pick and roll and the pick and pop, which is so valuable in such a heavy ball screen uh, league. So I've definitely been just impressed with him ever since I've really just uh, um, made it a focus to pay attention to Isaiah Stewart more and the player that he is. He's someone who does a lot of things that just don't show up in the box score. He's one of those players that I feel like is always going to have like really good advanced stats and stuff uh, because he just does all those really small things that are impactful and do help winning basketball. And they're a pretty decent team when he's on the floor, considering that they are the third worst record in the league. He only has a negative 0.6 uh, plus minus, which is pretty impressive. They just play good basketball when he's out there. And he kind of does remind me a bit of like a mini Bam out of bio. Now, obviously, I don't want to compare him just directly to Bam out of bio because that is super high expectations as Bam is one of the better players in the NBA already. Uh, but it's just some of the similarities in his game that you can't really deny with them both having very uh, similar frames. Bam this year has become a really good uh, mid-range shooter. Something that Isaiah Stewart already is as a, a rookie. They both do a lot of things that don't show up in the box score. Uh, they're both high energy, high basketball IQ guys. The one thing I do think could really raise Isaiah Stewart to a different level. And this is something that, for me at least, I just always love out of big men. And I always think it makes them so much more impactful. Is the ability to play and make. And I think that's uh, what really rose Bam to a whole nother level. Obviously, he improved a ton of skills in his game. And I think Isaiah Stewart has the framework to have some of those skills as well. But if he can... Uh, have the playmaking come along, which would be huge for him. I think he could be uh, such a better player than he already is as a rookie. And even if he doesn't ever develop it to be uh, something at a super high level, uh, he'll still be a good player. That's just something that personally I value a lot is the ability to playmake. That's why I value a guy like Nikola Jokic so much and why I've thought he's the best center in the NBA for uh, a couple of years now. That's why I value Bam Adebayo, Carl Anthony Towns, those type of guys so much because I do think the ability to playmake at the center position is something that is pretty underrated and can really transform an offense. Not everyone's going to be Nikola Jokic and have the entire offense run through them, but just to be an average to above average playmaker at that center position is something that I think is makes a team much more uh, dynamic as a whole. And I just do like to see the progression that Isaiah Stewart uh, has made. I hope he continues to get more minutes, and he definitely will. And he's a huge part of this core. Uh, him and Sadiq Bey, both massive parts of this rebuild and both coming from the same draft. Saban Lee as well, a uh, guy who I really didn't know much about coming into the draft. I had heard the name and I kind of knew his skill set, but I 
I didn't really watch him that much at all. I watched a bit of Vanderbilt looking at some other players, but I never did like a super big deep dive into uh, Saban Lee, which is kind of weird because like when he was the 38th pick, I knew I remember the name, but I had to kind of do a bit of research myself to see what type of player he was. And I do think he's been uh, a solid player for the Pistons. And he's just a guy who isn't going to be a massive part of the core, but I would like to see just stick on this team as a potential six man. I think he could be a really good six man in the future. Really good shooter and just really good natural score uh, as a whole, which is definitely something this team can use off the bench and any team uh, needs off the bench is just a guy who can bring a bit of punch uh, off the off the bench and he's only 21 years old uh, a rookie as well so he's a guy who can just really grow uh, as a player and improves uh, Seku Dumboya is someone who I've been incredibly disappointed by this year and this has definitely been uh, probably the biggest like low light for me uh, about the Detroit Pistons most other things have either met or exceeded my expectations uh, but Seku is a guy who I knew was going to be a project and I knew that project wasn't going to be complete this year but for a team that really isn't trying necessarily uh, to win games a ton and definitely trying less than they were uh, for a majority of last year, it's super weird to see him uh, and his minutes go down. And I just think that is because he hasn't improved as a player. His numbers have regressed and he just hasn't looked that good on the floor. He's got a 43% true shooting percentage, which is awful. Uh, and he is a guy who I still believe does have a ton of potential. I do believe could become great in the future. He was always going to be one of those more long-term project players. And you're always taking a risk when you draft that type of guy because you do have to develop them really well or they may just never end up panning out as a guy who was the youngest guy coming into that draft, uh, coming out of France. He just had so many raw athletic skills that you loved, but not that many basketball skills that were necessarily too great. I do feel like he's lacking in certain areas that he just does need to improve on, like his basketball IQ. Sometimes it just doesn't seem like he necessarily knows what he's doing out there at all times. His shooting isn't super great, and almost half of his shots come from the three-point line. But as a guy who is 6'8", 230, super athletic, and only 21, uh, 20 years old, actually, I would just stay patient with him, Pistons fans. I know it can definitely be rough to watch him uh, at times, and he's definitely going to have a lot of rough moments. And he may never uh, pan out to be anything. That's why you take a guy like that at 15. You don't take a guy like that in like the top eight or uh, top five because those guys are so risky. And that's what we've seen uh, with another guy on this roster, actually, and Josh Jackson. Those type of just raw athletic wings do have the potential to be so great. Uh, but a lot of times they may not work out. And that may be the case with Seku Dumboya. Uh, but I would just continue to stay patient with him and give him as much time uh, as he needs. I would definitely do that with Killian Hayes as well. He uh, just came back, I think at least. Uh, yeah, he played his first game in a long, long while uh, on April 3rd after being injured for a ton. And he hasn't really done anything uh, since he's came back. But uh, that's another guy who I would just stay patient with because he was another guy who was a bit of a project. Uh, another guy coming from uh, a foreign place, which is just always a bit hard to develop uh, from and just transferred that to the NBA game because it is such a different game in so many ways. And the best of the best will be able to do it pretty well. A guy like Luka Doncic came 
and and was dominating immediately. But Killian Hayes wasn't like that. He wasn't a guy who was MVP of his league. He was a guy who definitely had some issues coming into the draft. But I did really like him as a prospect. And I do still think he can be really good. He's just going to be a guy who does take time. Uh, but I do think with his versatility to play both guard positions as uh, as he is a 6'5 point guard, which is always nice. If they do end up landing Cade Cunningham, which would be awesome, he could play alongside Cade. But if they also landed Jalen Green, per se, he could play alongside him perfectly as well. I think his playmaking ability has already been pretty impressive. It's just the shot that needs to come along. And that was definitely a concern coming into the draft is that he hit certain shots that showed the potential of him uh, being a really good shot creator. He was even getting some D'Angelo Russell mini like James Harden comparisons due to that step back three that he was uh, hitting at a pretty decent rate, especially later in his uh, seasons uh, over there in France. Uh, but I do think he just needs a lot of time before he's going to become anything super great. And I do think this offseason will be a good time for him to just kind of reevaluate his rookie season and develop as a player. So just don't give up on these type of guys because they are going to be more long-term players. They are going to be more of just guys who are a bit of a raw prospect. And that is why I do like this Pistons position so much. Very similar to the Orlando Magic, like I was talking about, is that they can just let everybody develop into whatever they are going to be. And then it just gives them as much time as they do need to evaluate these guys because they aren't forced to be uh, winning super quick. They do have some nice players on this roster, and I do think they could compete a little bit more next year for sure. But it's not like they have to force themselves to try and make some playoff run. Uh, but I do think Troy Weaver has just done such a fantastic job of finding talent and selecting them. And now it's just all about uh, these players working hard to develop and then the development staff letting them uh, just grow as players, doing their best job uh, to do their job, which is to develop these players in, uh, to their max potential. And then it's about Dwayne Casey giving these guys as much opportunity uh, as they deserve, which I think he's done a fair job of. I do like that he doesn't just give minutes uh, when players aren't playing well. And I just do think the Detroit Pistons are building a nice culture over there and are having one of the more successful rebuilds. And it just isn't talked about much. They mostly come up as a laughing stock of the league when they're actually making a ton of savvy, smart moves, developing young players and competing in games. The Detroit Pistons are going in a really good direction. And I love to see their continual uh, progression. They've uh, have been a team I've talked about pretty highly in the past, and I'll continue to talk highly about them till I'm proven otherwise. They may not be winning, but they're going in the right direction. That, and that's all you could ask for out of a rebuilding team. Troy Pistons are continuing to do everything right. I'm going to take a break, and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back to talk about the San Antonio Spurs, who have been struggling quite a bit as of late. If you know me, I've continuously spoken very, very highly of the Spurs and how they performed all year as I felt like they were getting underrated by a ton of people and exceeding most people's expectations. But due to them being a small market, they just weren't really getting the recognition that they did deserve. Uh, but they definitely have been struggling 
as of late, and it's not looking good for them as a lot of teams that were in a similar area to them all year are playing some of their best basketball right now and definitely putting the Spurs in a bit of a tough position. Uh, the Warriors struggling as much as they have definitely helps it and gives them a bit of comfort. They're about a game and a half above the Warriors right now. Uh, but a team like the Dallas Mavericks and a team like the Memphis Grizzlies are both 7-3 and three in their last 10, while the Spurs comparatively are 2-8 and eight in their last 10. And I just think it's finally uh, kind of just uh, coming back to them that they just simply don't have as much star talent as a lot of other teams do and that obviously isn't like the worst thing ever and I think there's still going to be a team that is in the play in tournament I don't think they're going to fall off uh, that badly by any means but a lot of teams are just more talented than the Spurs even if uh, they are a team that does have talent they just don't have those top tier guys uh, like teams uh such as the Golden State Warriors and the Dallas Mavericks do have. That's what gives those type of teams the advantages. As good of a player as DeMar DeRozan is, I feel like he's had a fantastic year, all-star caliber year for sure. There's obviously a clear difference between him and someone like uh, Luka Doncic, where those guys are just so fantastic that it can uh, push teams that may not have as good of talent around them to win games that they probably shouldn't just because those guys are so crazy talented and that is something that the Spurs uh, have lacked at times for sure and there are certain games where they just come out and just don't look too good especially in the scoring department there are certain times where it definitely looks rough for them and they've had multiple games where they're scoring uh, under 100 or even just around like 100 uh, points a game and a lot of times that's just not going to cut it uh, in the modern NBA anymore and they're starting to lose a lot of really close games that are very vital like they lost a double OT thriller to the Atlanta Hawks they lost an OT game uh, to the Indiana Pacers as well these are these type of games that you do need to pull out if you want to be a top tier team in such a tough conference like the West and that is the thing that is now separating them from those upper echelon teams is that they've been struggling to close out games for some of the uh, better teams and some teams that should be in the same area of the, as them. And then there's, again, a lot of games where they just come out where it just looks kind of flat and they don't look like uh, they are the team that they looked uh, like earlier in the season and they've definitely gotten blown out by a lot in certain games I mean they lost by 35 uh, to the 76ers that was definitely a rough one uh, for them they lost by 33 to the LA Clippers they lost by 13 to the LA Clippers where they only put up 85 points uh, these are just uh, certain types of things that simply can't happen if you do want to be upper echelon uh, in the West. But I do still really like the future of this roster. And I don't think this is a super bad thing uh, because at the end of the day, I think they're just kind of coming back down to earth a bit. Uh, but I do think there's still a ton of talent on this roster. And I actually would like them to get a pretty decent pick, especially in such a good draft class. Uh, I think this is absolutely just the perfect opportunity for them to really get a great talent on this roster with them already having a lot of good young uh, pieces. This could be a chance for them to get a star caliber player. 
Uh, and I do think they have really great building blocks already. That is the one thing they just are lacking is that guy who's going to be a true star. I think there's a ton of guys who could be around all-star caliber players or could be fantastic role players or really good six men. But they are missing that guy who is really going to headline the franchise going forward. Like DeJounte Murray is a fantastic role player. And I think he could even get to the category where he's so good as a role player where he might even be an all-star caliber player just due to him being a defensive B, 6'4", 180, but plays like he's 6'7", 220, as he's just all over the floor, has a crazy long wingspan, which definitely helps, guards multiple position and does it at a fantastic rate. I think he could be the first... Uh, guard in a while to win defensive player of the year and especially if you don't consider Ben Simmons a guard because like DeJounte Murray 6'4 he's a guard he's not a 6'10 guy playing uh, the guard position DeJounte Murray is a true guard and he's so fantastic on that side of the ball while also growing a ton on offense this year uh, he's a very good rebounder which helps him uh, push the pace and transition which I always love at out of the guard position is just the ability to take a rebound off the glass and take it all the way up the floor to generate you easy points. He's improved as a playmaker every single year. Uh, his three-point shot is still not something that's super reliable at all, and that's something I would like to see uh, to see him improve at for sure. But the mid-range is definitely something he's gone pretty good at, especially out of the pick and roll. He does a good job of getting to his spots in uh, the mid-range area and hitting it pretty well, and then dumping it off to guys like Jakob Holder when he does need to. Decent finisher as well. I think he's a super important part of this uh, young core. It could definitely be their long-term starting point guard. I'll always pray is Keldon Johnson. Keldon Johnson's one of my favorite players uh, in the NBA. He's definitely slowed down a bit, and that is kind of just the theme with this team is everyone is just kind of slowing uh, down a bit as he hasn't played uh, super great, and I think that's definitely a big part to why they're struggling because Keldon Johnson was such an important part of this team for a majority of the year, but then he's having games where he's scoring 5 points, 7 points, 11 points. Uh, and that is something that is just kind of normal for a young player. He's only 21 years old. Uh, but it is something that does hurt winning basketball. It's just inconsistencies. And he was consistent for a majority of the year. But is I think that youth is just kind of catching up to him. But I think he's a super important part of this uh, young core for sure. As a guy who's fantastic at driving to the basket, his mentality is probably his best attribute. Uh, which is something that I can definitely admire is just how aggressively he attacks the basket. Never scared of uh, anyone and will just uh, bulldoze her through people, which is a really fun thing to watch is him uh, just be undersized compared to most of these guys. But due to him being 220 pounds and just a freight train going to the basket, he bumps off the fence and then finishes at a very good rate solid uh defender as well good rebounder another guy who just uh puts in the effort like the DeJounte Murray into being a team rebounder even grabs 1.6 offensive rebounds per game which is really nice needs to improve as a shooter uh, I always thought that was going to be his calling card uh, coming into the league but he, it's actually been something that's been uh, underwhelming is how good of a shooter he'll be and it's been his ability to attack which has been most impressive which is definitely surprising uh, but I think he's a really nice piece uh, for this team to have I think Lonnie Walker has the potential 
potential to be one of the best six men in the NBA. I've always liked Lonnie. Uh, I think he could become a guy who's just a flamethrower off of the bench in a similar role to like a Jordan Clarkson, J.R. Smith. Uh, and I do think uh, that would be his best fit long term is just being a bench guy. Uh, and for someone who was the 18th pick, if he can be a six man of the year caliber uh, type of player, I think that's still a fantastic pick for them and definitely brings them uh, a lot of value uh, for sure. I think Trey Jones could be a decent backup point guard at some point. Uh, he is a guy who's uh, 21 years old, and he definitely has some skills that are nice. I think he can be just like his brother and be just uh, a serviceable backup guard, which is always useful. I think they have a lot of uh, pieces on this roster that could be flipped at some point if they do want to. Patty Mills has been one of the uh, better six men in the league this year and is definitely a guy that teams would love to go after if they can. Guy who's shooting 39% from three and 90% from the line. A true shooting percentage of 59%. Uh, so if he was expendable for the Spurs, which he definitely could be, they could extract some good value out of him. DeMar DeRozan is someone who I think they could keep on the roster if they want to continue to win games. He's become one of the better playmakers in the NBA while still being a very good scorer. Or I think they could get some decent value out of him and a potential sign and trade. Derek White is a solid guy on this team. Definitely is inconsistent, and that's the thing he needs to improve on is hit. He's been so inconsistent throughout his career so far. So many games where he scores 30 and looks like a guy who's going to be a future star. And then so many games where he puts up like 10 points on bad efficiency. And you're wondering if he's going to be even a long-term starter on the San Antonio Spurs. So needs to improve that. But I still do like Derek White. I think Jacopoldo is super solid as a starting uh, center. Or potentially, in my opinion, his best attribute could be uh, being a high-quality backup in this league. And that is the thing that I do want to see them actually address in the draft is the big man position as a whole, whether it be a four or a five, as they've had to run a, a ton of small ball. And I think they've done a fantastic job of compensating for that with everybody uh, just putting in a team effort uh, to be on the glass and protect the interior. But if they could get a really good interior presence and there's a lot of good ones in this draft, then... Uh, I definitely think that would help the team a ton. Like, if you could get potentially Kai Jones or Isaiah Jackson, I mean, somehow maybe you could get lucky and get Evan Mobley, then that'd be just fantastic for you. And at least one of these guys is probably going to slip just due to how talented this draft is. Maybe you get an Alperin Sengun, who's a guy from overseas who has some crazy high potential and could be a really good big going forward. While they have struggled... Uh, I do still really love the future of the Spurs. It's all about them just nailing the draft pick now, and I think they absolutely will do it. And you have to give them the benefit of the doubt that they will. Like, Devin Vassell hasn't played much, but I think that's a fantastic pick, and I think he's going to really uh, play a big role on this team next year and be one of the best 3 and D wings in the league and a guy who could potentially grow to create his own shot as well. Kelton Johnson, Lonnie Walker, DeJounte Murray... Uh, Derek White, these were all just great draft picks. So if they do get a pretty decent one, which it's looking like they uh, will, because in uh, getting a lottery pick in this draft specifically is a fantastic pick still. 
you have to trust them to develop that guy right and put him in the best position to succeed. Uh, so I do still think they're set up really well and they can kind of go in whatever direction they want. So even though they're struggling, I still like the Spurs. They're still a team that I enjoy watching and I do want to continue to see these young guys develop. And I think it's something that is going to happen for sure. It's still a solid roster and uh, they have a lot of solid pieces that they can either flip or just continue to keep them on the team and be a good roster still. They're struggling, but I like the Spurs, and I really just think they're one of the more interesting teams to see what they do in the draft, and I think they could find a true franchise changer in the draft, which is something that they definitely need, and something that would be really, really cool uh, for them to get, and again, you just have to trust them to make the right pick, so I'm excited to see what they do end up getting. It's probably a bit of a lost season as far as them making any significant noise. As hyped as I was about them earlier in the season, I don't really expect them to do much uh, now in a in a playoff series they may not even make it uh, but they could definitely beat someone in the play-in and I wouldn't be surprised if they won one game in the playoffs they're still a decent roster and I'm just really excited to see where they go from here it's definitely a bit of an interesting position for them to be in and at the end of the day I'm just waiting to see how uh, they do go forward and just how they do evaluate uh, where to go for this team and they're definitely a really really interesting roster to keep your eye on and I definitely would do that uh, next thing we are going to talk about is my post March Madness mock draft March Madness was very very fun so much just crazy stuff happened in it we obviously had the crazy Jalen Suggs uh, buzzer beater which broke my heart because I was rooting for UCLA and was really hoping they could pull off just one of the craziest upsets ever and potentially even win the championship that would have been uh, wild to see and then it seemed like everyone was back to believing in Gonzaga and back to believing they were the solidified champs and then Baylor just played one hell of a game had a lot of people on that roster that really impressed they were all over the place on the defensive side of the ball and were just locked in as a whole uh, definitely affected certain people's draft stocks and then certain people's draft stocks are the same uh, so I've definitely not done a ton of research on these guys I'll be upfront about that uh, but I've definitely watched all of them play before and know a bit about their game even if I don't know a ton about it uh, so uh, going into how I did get the order for this draft is I just went to Tankathon and then uh, simulated the draft order super uh, great place if you want to look for any draft information any advanced stats and the draft order we got from 114 Houston Rockets at one Minnesota at two Orlando at three Cleveland at four Detroit at five Washington at six OKC at seven Toronto at eight Orlando at nine from the Chicago Bulls uh, Sacramento at 10 and then we also uh, got uh, the New Orleans Pelicans at 11, uh, the Indiana Pacers at 12, the Golden State Warriors at 13, and the San Antonio Spurs at 13. So let's first get into the number one overall pick in my post-March Madness mock draft, and that is the Houston Rockets getting Cade Cunningham out of Oklahoma State. I made a whole video about why I think Cade Cunningham is the best player uh, in the 2021 NBA draft and why I just think he's a fantastic generational type prospect and one of the best guys we've seen uh, come into the league for a long, long while. So if you do want to hear my more in-depth opinion on Cade, definitely make sure to check out that video. It's called Cade Cunningham, the perfect prospect. 
Uh, and I just think he's a fantastic player. And I think he uh, would be a franchise changer for Houston. And they're a team that really does need someone who can change uh, that franchise as a whole. I think uh, a nucleus with him, Kevin Porter Jr. and Christian Wood would be fantastic. He would fit in smoothly and perfectly. And he would be a really uh, big impact player immediately. And he would definitely just make that future look much brighter than it is right now it looks pretty dim right now but if you get a true this guy who is going to change everything for you like Cade Cunningham would uh, I think that would be really big for them and I just think it's the perfect fit so it would be really cool to see him uh, go there and that's easily my number one overall pick uh, for number two we got the Minnesota Timberwolves and I gave them Jonathan Kaminga because I think Kaminga is the perfect fit in Minnesota there are guys who I definitely think you could argue are better than him uh, for sure I would completely understand if you do think he's uh, not the best player necessarily here but I do think fit wise he's by far the best because he's a versatile forward who has size athleticism and crazy defensive upside which is just what they need uh, they already have a lot of guard play and a lot of talented guards over there. So even though a guy like Jalen Suggs and Jalen Green are on the board, I think going with a big versatile forward is a much better idea. And I think you get that uh, with Jonathan Kaminga. He'd be a perfect player on this roster. So much size and so much ability to just do a bunch of different things out there on the floor. Uh, I also do think he's got a lot of upside on the offensive side of the ball. He had some really nice moments down in the G League. It was nothing that was like completely perfect, uh, but he definitely showed a lot of just great upside and had so many great moments. In his first game, he had like a crazy block, had some really good plays down the stretch. And I was watching that game. That was my first uh, look at Jonathan Kaminga, other than some like practices. That was my first look at him in game because I don't like watching high school ball at all. And he impressed me a ton in that. Like his overall stats aren't super great. Uh, but he definitely showed some nice ability. I want to see him improve his three-point shot. That's the thing he definitely needs to work on the most, but he's a super talented player, and he fits perfectly in Minnesota, would be uh, the just absolute pitcher-perfect player next to Cat and would make that team look really nice. Uh, for uh, the number three overall pick, the Orlando Magic are taking Jalen Green, also playing the G League down with Jonathan Kaminga, and I think that is a beautiful fit. They really need just a big-time bucket getter. They got some nice forwards on that roster. I think they got a good big man rotation, and I like their point guards as well with Cole Anthony and obviously Markel Fultz. So getting a guy who can just really score the ball super well for you is perfect. I don't really need to say much about this. Jalen Green's been hyped up for a while, and I just think this fit makes so much sense. Uh, and I think he would be uh, just another one of the perfect fits. Uh, that is the thing I wanted to focus on most is getting guys who fit well because there are so many talented people in this draft that I think uh, the the thing that teams are more going to focus on is how everyone fits uh, with the roster that they have. And Jalen Green couldn't be a more perfect fit for the Orlando Magic. Uh, at number four, the Cleveland Cavaliers, I have them taking Jalen Johnson. I think Jalen Johnson would be a really nice piece for them. Obviously, they have their guards of the future, and I also think they have their center of their future as well. Uh, they have a really, really uh, good nucleus and a really good core, but I do think they can 
uh, definitely use some forward play, and that is the thing that would be big for them is if they could just get a versatile wing who could do uh, a bunch of different things, and that is definitely just the thing that they are lacking. Uh, I do think they have some really nice uh, pieces. I think Isaac Okoro is a guy you definitely just want to be a on that roster going forward considering his potential on the defensive side of the ball to potentially be one of the best defensive wings in the nba as a whole uh, but there definitely is a lack of play at that four position with kevin love dealing with so many injuries and even though the look of uh, jalen johnson when he left duke that definitely wasn't the greatest look uh, i do still think he's uh, crazy talented and has a ton of potential he can shoot the ball and he just has uh, a lot of size with him being 6'9 220 and i think he would just fit such a perfect role that they definitely need at number five, I have the Detroit Pistons taking Jalen Suggs. Uh, Jalen Suggs obviously had a bunch of big moments in the tourney, and he's another guy who's been talked about for a while. Super talented guard, playmakes very, very well. I think he's a fantastic leader, great scorer too. Uh, I do like Killian Hayes, but I think they could play alongside each other as they both have decent size, and he would just be a perfect fit in Detroit and would really help those wings that they have and would help Isaiah Stewart as well. Just another beautiful fit. Uh, number six, I have the Washington Wizards selecting Evan Mobley. Uh, I think this is another pitcher-perfect fit. They need big man play so badly. I love Thomas Bryant, but he's coming off a serious injury going into next year, and he definitely struggles on the defensive side of the ball, even though he's incredibly talented on offense. So if you could get a true defensive anchor in Evan Mobley, who's the guy I've probably watched the second most uh, games of, uh, that would really help. He's a guy who has crazy length. He has a 7-4 wingspan, and he could just uh, be all over the place on the defensive side of the ball. Just such a great shot blocker and would really help the guards that they have in Russell Westbrook and Bradley Beal and could potentially be something that saves Bradley Beal from leaving Washington. I think he's that talented, and that would make a really nice young core. They already got young pieces, uh, and I really like the wings that they have, but getting them a true, really good big man would be super important, and I think that's what Evan Mobley uh, could definitely bring to them. At number seven, I have the OKC Thunder selecting Scotty Barnes. And this was definitely a very interesting spot as they're one of those teams that you were hoping were going to get a really high pick because then it would probably be pretty clear who they could end up drafting. But they were in a super position where they landed at number seven, where I thought they could have gone a ton of different directions. So I just went with uh, Scotty Barnes, a guy who is 6'9", 227 pounds, and is definitely a big, versatile wing who uh, can play on both sides of the ball, can be a two-way guy for them going forward. And that is something that I do feel like they needed was just uh, wing play as a whole. I like some of the guys uh, at that small forward and power position that they do have, but it's nothing that is super solidified. So I went with Scotty Barnes. I definitely think you could go a bunch of different directions for this pick and that's why i did think it was so interesting like if you took uh, moses moody or james book Knight, or maybe even uh alperen sen gun there were so many guys they could have taken at this spot that i was definitely just mixed on who they were going to take so i ended up taking scotty barnes you maybe even could have taken Corey kispert as well it was a really interesting position for them uh, but i just landed on scotty burns as the guy 
At number eight, I have the Toronto Raptors taking Alperin uh, Sengun. He's a guy from overseas who I think has a lot of talent and is definitely a player who has a crazy high ceiling. Uh, He's a guy who is still super young, 18 years old, was born July 25th of 2002, 200. 40 pounds, 6'10", and is a guy who I think has one of the highest ceilings in the entire class uh, because he is a big who just has so much natural talent. He's putting up some really good numbers over in the Turkish League, averaging 19-9, and getting four offensive rebounds per game. He's shooting the free throw really well, which shows good potential for him to uh, be a shooter down the line. He's shooting .83s a game, not shooting well on them, but that free throw percentage does give me some hope, and they really need an interior presence that's the thing they need the most uh their center position is really lacking so getting a guy who has crazy potential and could really help them uh going forward as they already have a, a lot of nice pieces uh with gary trent jr fred van vliet og Ananobi, pascal siakam and then you could just slide Sengun into the starting lineup in the future and that is a really nice young core so i think this is a fantastic pick for them they would obviously want to get higher uh but i still think they uh, landed with a really good player at number nine of the Orlando Magic uh, taking Corey Kispert this was uh, just like OKC a super interesting uh, spot for me because I thought they could have gone in a bunch of different directions Uh, they have their guards pretty much down I think their big man rotation is pretty good but I also think their wings are pretty good so I just went with the guy who I think is uh, one of the more safe prospects in this class with Corey Kispert because he just shoots the hell out of the ball, which every NBA team needs. And he's also a big wing with size. Uh, so that is also a skill and an attribute that is super valuable for any NBA team. Uh, so I just thought he was the perfect guy to go to Orlando and he could just fit in so easily would give those guards that they have uh, a guy who they could always kick it to in the wing and in the corner as well. Uh, so even though he is a bit of an older prospect, he could definitely just be an impact player day one. And I think this is a good pick for them. At number 10, I have the Sacramento Kings uh, taking Kai Jones. They need size really badly in his guy who has a lot of potential for sure and does bring a lot of size to that roster. So I do like that pick a ton. He can bring some shot blocking interior presence, which they need really badly. The Pelicans, I have them selecting Moses Moody, my personal favorite player in the 2021 NBA draft class. Uh, he's a guy who shoots the hell out of the ball, and that's something they need super badly. I think he would be the perfect uh, guy to run alongside with, with Lonzo because he can create his own shot occasionally, but he won't get in the way of Brandon Ingerman's eye on. He'll just be shooting and then playing defense on the other end. Uh, the Indiana Pacers, this was a super weird one because they already have a really solid roster. So I didn't really know where to go right here. And I definitely think this could be a potential trade spot for them uh, to maybe get a really good talent. Uh Uh, just in some sort of trade maybe they trade one of their already really good players to get someone even better Uh, but if they were to stay here I have them selecting James Booknight just because I think he could be a super talented scorer off their bench which is something they definitely lack is just a great bench score and he could be uh, a very good six man isn't a great shooter yet but has shown some potential to shoot Uh, and he already just shows such a good ability as a an all-around score that I do believe he'll be a really good player in this league. I think all these guys are going to be super good, and I even think there's a ton of guys outside of my personal lottery that are going to be fantastic as well. It was really, really hard for me uh, to choose between all these guys. 
Uh, but yeah, I went with uh, James Book Knight going number 12 to the Pacers. Number 13, the Warriors. I gave them Jaden Springer, a guard who I think is very talented. And the thing I think they need the most is guard play. He's still uh, a pretty young dude as a guy who is a freshman and he shoots the ball amazing, which they really need. You always think of the Warriors and you think of shooting first, but outside of Curry and Clay, the shooting on this roster is actually extremely underwhelming. They have some decent shooters. Andrew Wiggins shooting 40 percent from three this year but as a whole their shooting isn't uh super great he would bring some good depth to them someone who could probably play alongside curry as well he's only 6'4 but i do still think he could play alongside him and they really need someone who can uh do something with the ball in his hands coming off the bench when curry isn't on the floor so i think that's what he would bring and then the spurs i gave them isaiah jackson uh, I think they need a really good big man going forward. I like Jacopoldo a ton as a backup big man, and I think he's one. he would be one of the better backup big men in the league. Uh, but someone like Isaiah Jackson would bring uh, them something that I feel like they're really missing out on, uh, which is just a guy who could potentially be a dominant interior force. He got way better as the season went along, and especially just later on in the year, he was playing his best basketball, which you love to see. He's so young, and he really just ascended throughout the season, so it definitely shows some hard work in him. He's got all the athletic tools that you need, 6'10". Would like him to put on some weight. He's only 206 pounds, but love his shot blocking ability at 2.6 blocks per game and think he could be a really special uh, big for them going forward. And I think they would just be the perfect spot to develop him. That is my post-March Madness mock draft. I'll take a break and I'll be right back. Okay, I'm back to talk about players. In my opinion, you should buy stock in. So the goal of this is just to shout out some underrated guys and some guys I think are going to be on the up and up and just deserve some more attention for how good they could be in the future. Maybe their stock is low for whatever reason. Maybe they were a rookie who is underrated and hasn't gotten that many minutes, or maybe they're just on a a uh, small market team that doesn't get much much attention. Uh, the first guys I want to give some love to are the Mavericks rookies as a whole, but specifically Tyrell Terry and Tyler Bay. The Mavericks have had a very good history of developing talent. Uh, guys like Dorian Finney-Smith and, and uh, other players as well kind of developed from nothing to be very valuable role players on this team. They developed Maxi Kleber very well, Dwight Powell, they developed him pretty well, and I think that track record is going to continue, and I think these two guys in specific are guys that play or will play phenomenally off of Luka Doncic. I'm a big fan of Tyler Bay. I actually have like my own little card collection where I'm kind of invested in certain players, and Tyler Bay is one of the guys I invested most into because not many people even know the name Tyler Bay, and for good reason. He was a second-round pick. He was part of the uh, Josh Richardson trade, which I feel like doesn't get mentioned uh, enough how good of a piece he could be in that little trade and I do think he has a very bright future as a versatile winger he's 6'7 215 pounds reminds me of Jeremy Grant before he had the offensive boom that he did uh, this year so like Nuggets Jeremy Grant I think would be a good comparison for Tyler Bay he's a bit of an older rookie uh, but I do think he's going to be really good and one of those guys that just fits so beautifully alongside Luka and I think will thrive off him really well and then Tyrell Terry is a skilled guard 
6'2", only 160 pounds. That's definitely an issue as he's a bit undersized. But funnily enough, he actually reminds me of Seth Curry, who they obviously traded. Uh, fantastic three-point shooter, great free-throw shooter as well. And he's got some nice playmaking ability, really has some great range too, can pull up from deep. And I really enjoyed watching him at Stanford. He was easily one of my favorite prospects in the 2020 draft. I thought he was going to go much higher, but I think he landed in a perfect spot. I like Josh Green too, but I, I just don't think he's going to be as good as those other two guys, which is funny because he was the earliest one picked. And I always love uh, Nate Hinton, one of my favorite guys in the draft uh, as well. And I do think he's a guy who has some potential to be a great role player. Uh, I think he can be a guy who's just a very, very good hustle guy, brings a ton of energy whenever he's out there on the floor. And I hope all these guys continue to get more opportunity because I do think they're pretty talented. Uh, another guy I would definitely buy stock in is Alexis Pokusevsky. He is a guy who is incredibly talented. And now that the Thunder are pretty blatantly tanking with them not playing Al Horford for the rest of the year, he's gotten a lot of opportunity and he's taken full advantage. He's played really well as of late. I mean, it's been in a big loss. It's like if you look at his plus and minus for the past four games, it's crazy. Negative 27, negative 42, negative 32, and negative 14. But for the most part, he's played pretty well. He put up 21 on 17 shots. He put up 20 on 14 shots, 19 on 19 shots. Uh, he's a guy who can play make really well. He's got a five assist game, four assist game, another four assist game. Just a super talented player. One of those guys who is definitely in that like unicorn uh, category. Has a guy who's seven foot, 190 pounds, but has a really good playmaking ability. Has the ability to shoot as well. Uh, I just think he... It definitely has a lot of opportunity to play really well for the rest of the year and just get a ton of opportunity with this roster. I would definitely buy stock in a guy like uh, Theo Maledon as well, Moses Brown. They got a lot of young guys who I think are just going to take advantage of their opportunity now uh, that that team is most likely going to be tanking for uh, the rest of the year and probably not doing too much. Those guys should get a lot of opportunity and I think they'll take uh, full advantage of that for sure. Uh, another guy whose stock is pretty high right now, but I would still buy it, is Michael Porter Jr. of the Denver Nuggets. He's been playing some fantastic basketball, and it's a big part why I think the Nuggets are the most dangerous team in the NBA to any top contender in the Western Conference. Watch out for the Denver Nuggets because they will give you a very tough series, and if they made the finals, I would be somewhat surprised, but uh, I wouldn't be that surprised because this team is just ultra talented and Michael Porter Jr. is absolutely a part of that he's been playing the best basketball of his career as of late I mean 27 points on 16 shots 20 points on 11 shots 20 on 14 25 on 16 ultra efficient a guy who doesn't really use much dribbles he scored like 28 in a game and had like five dribbles he's a guy who just fits perfectly alongside Jokic and I would definitely buy the stock on Michael Porter Jr. before it goes up to a level that is ridiculously high because it's already skyrocketing right now and he's just a special player man I really really love Michael Porter Jr. and think he's having just a fantastic year so far and think he's got a very bright future uh, in this league he's killing it right now 
another guy I would definitely buy stock in is Sadiq Bay of the Detroit Pistons. I love Sadiq Bay in his game so much. Another guy who I was a huge fan of coming out of the draft and another guy who I thought slid uh, much too far. And he's been playing some great basketball all year for the Pistons. Very consistent and he's just getting better game by game. Don't really have to give a big explanation. I just think he's a very good basketball player, and I think he's real, real talented. Uh, some more players I would buy stock in are a lot of guys on the Orlando Magic. A lot of these guys are getting opportunity uh, to play uh, the best basketball that they can just because uh, a lot of the guys on the Magic got traded. So now they're kind of being given the keys and just being able to roam free. Someone I would definitely buy stock in is Wendell Carter Jr. He's been playing really good basketball ever since he's joined them and has looked like the guy we all knew he could be as a potential amazing role-playing center. And another guy I would buy stock in on this team is Chumo Kiki. I'm a big fan of the way he's been playing as of late. Uh, very good shooter, just a uh, talented overall offensive player, and he's been playing some great basketball as of late. I would buy stock in Rui Hachimura. He's one of the most underrated young players in the NBA as a whole, and it's because he's on a Wizards team that doesn't get too much attention, and most of the attention is negative, talking about why Bradley Beal should leave. And he's just not like the most exciting player uh, anyway, but he is a very talented player who does not give... Uh, not get nearly enough attention for how good of a uh, NBA player he is. He's had some really good games recently, put up 21, 30, 26, really talented score. Hasn't put the three-point shot together yet, uh, but he's got everything else down. He's just real, real skilled, and I really like Rui Hachimura. Uh, as much of a disaster of a season uh, that the Celtics have had, I would definitely buy stock in Robert Williams. Uh, he's played some real good basketball ever since he's became the starter for the Boston Celtics. Uh, got destroyed by Embiid, was in foul trouble that entire game and probably had his worst game of the season. But other than that, he plays uh, really good defense for the most part. Still bites on pump fakes and his IQ isn't always fully there, but his raw athleticism helps him a lot of times. Great lob target, really good playmaker at the center position as well. It's just kind of everything you want in the modern NBA out of a big man. And Rome Samuel Lankford is another guy I would definitely buy stock in. He has played some pretty good basketball ever since he's gone back. It's only been two games, but he's already played much more minutes than I expected him to. And I've really been impressed by the way he has played in those minutes. Offensive numbers really aren't there. And he's not a great offensive player as a whole, but his defensive ability, in my opinion, is very impressive. And he's already had a lot of great possessions on the defensive side of the ball, had a really impressive uh, oppressive block against Miles Bridges. So even though the Celtics are having a rough season, I do think there are some bright spots and at least gives me some hope as a fan because, man, it's it's been a tough year so far. Uh, for the Charlotte Hornets, I think you should absolutely buy a ton of stock in Miles Bridges. So uh, this is the reason why. Uh, Gordon Hayward is going to be injured for most of the rest of the year. Very unfortunate. That dude is the most unlucky player in the NBA. Hope he can get back because it's been a rough string of injuries for him. But Miles Bridges is a very, very talented young player who fits perfectly in Charlotte alongside LaMelo Ball whenever he's healthy. And just as a whole has a good fit with this team. Great lob target. Uh, but I think his 
uh, dunking ability and his crazy lobs that he can catch uh, really overshadow how just good of a basketball player he is. He's having a fantastic year so far. He's having a near 50-40-90 season. Now, obviously, it's not on a ton of attempts. He's only taking 7.6 shots per game, but he's so much more efficient than last year. He has almost a 9% better true shooting percentage than he did last season, shooting 38% from three, and just overall is really growing into a very very, very solid player. And I think his numbers have the potential to just continue to go up with all the injuries that they're dealing with. And I think he's going to uh, take a big step. He's just super good. And I'm a big fan of Miles Bridges in his game. He's been playing some uh, really good basketball this year, improving on defense as well. And is a huge part why the Hornets are still able to be successful with all the injuries that they're dealing with. Because it's definitely been a lot. Uh, but he's been able to do well through it all, which has definitely uh, been impressive. A player I would buy stock on for the Atlanta Hawks is Bogdan Bogdanovich because his stock definitely got very low at a certain point as he struggled with a ton of injuries and then just struggled playing uh, good basketball. But recently especially, he has been playing fantastic him and Trey Young are really clicking Hawks are clicking as a whole and he's a huge part of that he's almost shooting 40 percent from three a career high uh, 6.1 attempts per game which is the second career high I uh, shoot 90 percent from the line as well and I think once he continues to get more incorporated into their offense especially as a secondary playmaker which should hopefully allow Trey Young to run more off the ball I think we'll really see his full value and I would definitely buy stock in him because it's going back up and I think he's just going to continue to go up because he's a super talented player and he's being put in a really good position with a solid team and he just fits really well in there and the last player I think you should buy stock in is Nicholas Claxton of the Brooklyn Nets I love Nicholas Claxton in his game so much I think he's going to be super vital to the potential championship run that the Brooklyn Nets will end up going on uh, because he is a player whose versatility on the defensive side of the ball is absolutely insane he's a guy who can guard damn near one through five with how light he is on his feet he'll uh, get destroyed by some of the bigger centers and I think in a series against Joel Embiid he could be exposed just because he's only 215 pounds so just the weight difference there is going to be tough to overcome but I still just think his defensive versatility his ability to catch lobs shoot the ball occasionally as well is going to be so valuable to the Nets and I think in a deep playoff run where he could potentially be playing a whole lot of minutes he's going to get a lot of eyes on him and a lot of more casual fans are going to know who Nicholas Claxton is so I'd buy stock before a lot of people figure that out because this kid is really special really talented and he's only 21 years old he's got a lot of room to grow and he's going to be a great player in this league those are my NBA players you should buy stock in right now that has been the episode of the under pressure podcast Ben Michael peace out